Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to get into it here in a minute. I just wanted to do a quick disclaimer. Um, this episode kind of just starts. Uh, I thought I hit record, but I didn't. So we were like 13 minutes into what I thought was the episode. And then I realized we weren't fucking recording. So it could just kind of starts abruptly. We were Adam, Adam went to a protest. So then we started talking about defunding and de- disbanding the police. And this episode kind of starts there. Um, So, yeah, we're going to get into it. Uh, Follow us on social media. Uh, Crocious is at Insecure Comic on Twitter. uh, At Adam Crocious, A-D-A-M-K-R-O-S-H-U-S on everything else. I am at Keith Pazel. That is K-E-I-T-H-P-A-E-S-E-L on uh, everything else. And without further ado, uh, here is the episode. They're not effective. It's not effective. Yeah. All right, now we're recording. So literally, it has to be like just we gotta cut you and cut you dramatically and yeah, yeah, because it, it. But don't I? I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Well, no, 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 and I mean, well, and that's what I told her. I go. The problem is anyway. Hey, welcome to the episode. We did about 13 minutes and I wasn't recording. So we're we're, we're in the middle now. of a thing about. Uh, Crow went to the protests. We're watching Sharon Stone titties on TV. It's not Sharon Stone. Whoever. Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo. Is that her? Beverly D'Angelo. She's spicing up in this. Look at this. Uh, uh, they're putting on Christmas vacation. So we have European vacation on. Christmas vacation coming on next. Talking about police reform. What uh, the hell are they wearing? <laughs> it's all laid. That's the funny thing about this movie is they go, everything is so fucking European. Yeah, like Chevy yeah. Chase is wearing later hosen. <laughs> She's dressed like a French whore. Now he's dressed like a Felix the Cat pimp. <laughs> is that Russ? Is that Rusty? Well, Ru- Russ, Rusty's next to in between Dana Hill, the deceased Dana Hill. When I think of Dana Hill as an actress or an actor, sorry, is that a microaggression? Uh, when I think, I think she was in the movie called Fallen Angel. Fallen Angel was a, was a made-for-TV movie about kitty porn in like the early 80s that I remember watching with my mom and being very affected by it. Like, whoa. But uh, she was diabetic, and she she uh, she really struggled. She went into like a coma? Is that Eric Idle? Eric Idle was in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she died. He's I mean, dressed I, like a Dick Tracy villain. You know? Yeah, Chevy. Yeah. <laughs> I love Dick Tracy. I remember that movie being big in the summer of yeah. 1990. So we very were, much we're going to compete with. So Batman. we were talking about defunding the police. Because I asked Crocious if he's for disbanding or defunding. I'm all for the defund, like giving, like how Garcetti said he's taking away 150 million. Now that's Which is not, a drop in the bucket. They have a billion dollar budget. I, I didn't know, know that. Corrections. I always say this. Corrections is either the second or third largest budget item for every state in the country. Number. But the problem with the whole disband the police thing is, unlike her, most people who say disband the police don't have a a 
they don't put forth any solution otherwise. They're just like disband the police. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there has and to, then they yeah. at least she said like have the district attorney have uh, have a set of officers that they could set out. They don't have weapons. They can't kill anybody. You don't. They don't get funded at all. It's, it's that's at effect. least that's at least a counter argument instead of just being like no police. Well, exactly. You're essentially saying you want a you want the Wild West. You want a lawless country, which is what gun experts have been clamoring for <laughs> yeah. for decades now. Because yeah. they've always argued that in the Wild West, everybody had a gun on them and there were no shootings, yeah, which well, might be true. Yeah, yeah, that, but, that, how can you prove that? I'm sure the records of 1878 were really well kept. And, you know, I mean, it's just. A, well, the theory is, is there were no shootings because you knew everybody had a gun. So you, <laughs> you weren't going to pull it because if you if I pull a gun on you, you have a gun. So it, it's, it's basically such, like such a futile thing that, that that argument is is uh i never said yeah, i agreed yeah, with yeah, it yeah, exactly it's, it's ridiculous i don't know but that's yeah that's exactly but that's exactly why, exactly thank but you that's Lisa. why thank it you. exists in texas is because the they they think like oh, they have that thing of like Oh, in the Wild West, you were just allowed to shoot people and there weren't, there wasn't the, they also don't take into account that the population was a cum shot compared to the fucking, of what it yeah, is exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. Even, in my, dude, in 1980, there were 235 million people in the country. In 40 years, there are now 335. There's 100 million more people in the country in 40 years. It's just like, there's just a lot of people, <laughs> you know, and, and so, uh, you know, me, with me, when I think about what, what were the demands, if I, if, I, if I got the microphone, if I got the, the megaphone, the the, uh, the bullhorn, I was like, what, what do we demand? You know, and one of the things we would demand is uh, the elimination of the Electoral College would be one of the things we have to demand, you know, uh, in terms of what, why should a vote in Wyoming count seven times more than a vote in California? What, 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 why, why is that even fair? I'm not talking about equitable. I'm just saying fair. You know, it's like this country, this state's 15% of the entire country's economy, you know, it'd and be the, that's a lot the, of the fifth people. largest. Yeah, it'd be, the, you know, it'd be the fifth largest economy on the and planet. It's weird it that nation people you know? on the right use that argument in the reverse because their reason of why they like the electoral college is they think, why should you get more say just because you have more people? Well, you know, we should because the economy is much. Yeah. Two thirds of the country's economy. Occur that, and in that's large why they hate And that's why they hate evolutionary thinking, because their whole reason they hate it is they go, well, why should why should one state get all the power? All those people think the same. But if it, if California was all Republicans, you'd love the fact well, exactly. that we get 54. Think the same? Yeah, sure. They think the same. Go to Orange County. We'll see how people think the same. Hunt Huntington yeah. Beach. Huntington Beach. This is racist as the day but, is long. I mean, L.A. You know? does keep California blue, like just how well, Chicago, L.A. and San Francisco, just does. how yeah. Chicago keeps Illinois blue. Yeah, no doubt about it. the metropolitan area. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, I used to say, oh, I, I made this point before. Oh, it's blue states and it's red states. No, you want to know what it really is? It's like 10 metropolitan areas versus the rest of the country. Well, that's almost <laughs> where Democrats you know? need to go a little Trumpish is be honest when they say like well why should big cities get more say they should say because cities are better than small towns yeah <laughs> and people who live there are better and than it's people also, who live in small towns and i think you can make the argument too this whole thing with like you having unemployment right by the way did you ever get your check finally You've yeah i forgot i had to certify every week okay i kind of like how you forgot behind. to record the first 13 minutes of our podcast no but um yeah. but, <laughs> but but my point is is um what were we saying about, oh, yeah, with, with uh, you know, obviously after July 31st, that extra 600 bucks is probably going to either go away or be reduced. It'll probably be I'll reduced. I'll be back at work by then. You, you th you, are there rumors now, grumblings, well, you going to be starting dine work? Dine-in eating is back, but 
Oh, I think because my the mall I work at is in a rich. good, Elise, by the way. Uh, oh yeah, she's, she's making bacon, a bunch of shit. Bacon, it's a good thing. Uh, the mall I work at is by Beverly Hills, so I think they shut down extra because of the riots. And then it's I just because of the way Tender Greens likes to operate, they're not going to open at half capacity. They're going to wait until they can have fifty people jammed in that restaurant. Yeah, and yeah. actually make they're probably making enough money with takeouts to where they're like. Why yeah. why pay the full staff to be here? If, they have like if, three or four people if working. Three and that's people it, yeah. are going to be well. Even there's two bussers. You need to hide, have six bussers rotating throughout the day. Yep. You got all your prep cooks, and you're going to have all that workforce for ten people. No, of course not. They're going to wait not. until they're going to wait until everything opens up, opens up, so they can have that big. Because they told us when they laid us off, they're like, "We're going to do a new grand reopening. It's going to be like we opened a new restaurant. Like they yeah. want to do a big grandiose, yeah, line up. We're open now. Yep. So they're not going to do this half capacity. Because I looked on Google, they're still just doing takeout. Interesting. Yeah. No. I mean, I ask because I I think what's going to happen is they're going to reduce that six hundred dollar top off, if not get rid of it. Which well, I think will be a key point in this whole experience. We might because people aren't going to have nearly as much money. We might know? if Lindsey Graham goes down, we might have it over his dead oh, gay oh, body. Oh, oh, oh. I think he's gone down. I think it's safe to say Lindsey yeah. Graham has gone down. So because uh, Lady said, G over my <laughs> dead body. <laughs> what, what is? I'm sorry. Here's two things that bum me out: when gays go sociopath and when Jews go sociopath. It bums me out. Well, I've heard Stephen Miller and Roy Cohn going sociopath bums me out. I've heard know? that Lindsey Graham is the way he is strictly because of climbing the ladder. That. He just wants to be Trump's right hand man, so he just blindly agrees with. I bet you he. Because I remember at one time he did not, and what I think I think that they were going to release crap on him. He's like, he okay, probably I'll help you just out, comes home every night and just sobs while he sucks off his lover, <laughs> and just regrets <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like mushrooms. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Royce. I love you. You know I love you. His boyfriend's probably black as fuck, dude. <laughs> He's just swinging a big one. You oh know? yeah. <laughs> By the way, again, we're watching European Vacation. That is a Chevy great Chase hat. has the those mid eighties. I think those are good hats. They brought those back because Lovey Smith wore those. Well, they're just they're kind of simple and just basic and work. It's kind of like the what we would call cursive writing. Yeah. Of the Chicago, and this was eighty five. This was in the Bears. Were the Bears? You know. Bears, but no, Bears. Uh, but my point is about the, um, I think you could make an argument, again, with rural America and urban America and talking about people getting unemployment benefits and stuff. House um, party two. You know, you know, again, the argument of guaranteed income and just say, oh, yeah. I, and you can say for rural purposes, if you had a guaranteed income, you know, rural, small, I'm talking about the really small towns, 4,000 person towns, you know, uh, 3,000 person towns, the real small towns. They're all just slowly withering away. The economic opportunity isn't there. You know, they're going to go to bigger areas. Typically. Well, that's why when he's like, "We're going to bring coal jobs back," <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Coal dude. is getting destroyed globally. It, 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 it's across the planet that's getting destroyed. Well, that's another thing. It doesn't I've, compete well enough. I've said before too, and this is where you just need to be harsh with people. Tell those people to learn a new trade. Yeah, well, I get that you're fifty, but like. Pay for a class so they could teach, so they could learn how to fix the robots that are going to go down into those coal shafts. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. It, it like, is. Like, be harsh with these people and be like, well, maybe if you weren't afraid of computers in the 90s, yeah. you could have a fucking I tell uh, you job what, now. I tell you what. And, and, you know, another thing with, with that whole, you know, there's a lot of ideas. I'm in the ideas phase of this right now. 
you know, again, because college is so preposterously expensive, you know, and obviously trade schools, it's like, like going to a trade school. With See, like say? even CNN, like they're still trying to push this like America in crisis. Like, I think we're all trying to heal. I think that's what this whole thing's well, about. It's funny you mentioned that, man. I, I hope it's interesting your perspective versus to me. It's it makes me feel like my efforts as a as a career have just been futile. Yeah, like it's just like it's just not you know. But the problem is big. It's just a big issue. What I find interesting about it too, in fact, it's a global phenomenon. Is fucking crazy, and and it is a response to the authoritarianism that's going across the planet. And I think people of color are going to disproportionately feel the boot on their fucking face, you know, or the or the knee in their neck. You know, it's like do you want to know part of the reason why it's happening? From what I think, and I think this is almost the mistake people make all the time. Is and let me tell me if I'm right. I feel like your generation focused on like well our kids are going to be better like instead of being like instead of being like well now i have to convince my dipshit friend dale yeah to not be racist yeah instead of having to do that your generation was just like well i'll just make sure my kid's not racist yeah well good luck with that and then but you didn't realize that your friend dale was going to be a governor eventually yeah (laughs) Yeah, a circuit court justice yeah yeah some sort of position like i just feel like you didn't focus enough on like trying to make people your own age believe how and instead of just being like well the youth will fix it the, well, the next generation will be will uh, it's that it's kind of that boomerish mentality of just like well the next generation will get it you know i, I feel it i feel like this younger generation is certainly more astute one thing about i give them credit is there's there is a true discussion about class because again the point i was going to make about college being so preposterously expensive i mean there's actually which has needed to happen in this country for a dec- forever frankly an honest discussion about you know when you were born in a certain economic class your prospects are not great for working your way up that was always a contrast with european socialism well at least here you can work your way up as if as if that should be the goal of every person too why should everyone be pursuing millions of dollars i mean what what, does everyone want to do that Do you want to put the word that's not easy to do you know why should everyone but that culture is out there like no this is what you have to do to strive and if you somehow have access to you know easy free health care or free you know free schooling is going to destroy your incentive to work but there's a culture around college you know people got to go to trade schools man they just got to go to trade that whole like stigma around that go to when i look back on it just go to a trade school and learn a trade be an electrician we watched an episode of the it's called trigger warning with killer mike it's an older show he was he did a run a podcast talking about it but he does an episode where he goes to a bunch of schools and he basically says like we're teaching kids to dream too big like yeah we're teaching our kids to be he went into a kindergarten and then he asked a bunch of kids like what do you want to be when you grow up and the one kid was like i want to be a scientist that cures cancer and he just goes you're never going to do that and then the next kid he was just like i want to be the president and he just goes like you're he goes bruh you're not going to be the president like he just told him and then he goes he goes this oh, is I'm the sure problem mothers were just upset. she didn't like it what do you mean if you don't have a dream in this world what else do you have <laughs> Okay, I, I'll give you that. But by twelve, you should give it stamped out of you. But yeah, big and it's out there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a trade school. Well, and that's There's no the, shame that at all. So he talked to the principal of another school and he basically said, he goes, I think we're teaching these kids to dream too big. And he went in his whole plan. He goes, we need to teach these kids trades early on. He goes, he goes, I tell my kids their dreams ain't shit. And the, and yeah. the, t- and the teacher literally goes like her jaw dropped. I'm just like, I can't <laughs> believe you teach your kids that. And then she goes, that might work with your kids. She goes, but that's not going to work with my kids. And then she said, she goes, yeah. I, she goes, I like this for adults. She goes for people that are like don't have high school diplomas and stuff. So he went to like a he got a group of adults. He got random people off the street and he was like, would you like to learn a new trade? And then he got them all in a room and he gave them a test on like random shit, how to fix a doorknob, how to fix a light socket. And they all he was like, they couldn't do it. He goes, y'all don't know shit. Yeah. And then he figured out a way. uh, They asked him, like, why don't you guys know shit? And then he was like, well, they were all like, well, I try and watch YouTube videos, but they're boring. Like, it's all that shit's boring. So he basically made how-to pornography. And he got three scenes, and one was like how to change a light socket. And one was like, and it was like gay sex, lesbian sex, and missionary. And then he showed them that video, and they like aced their tests after. What, what, for fixing a doorknob? After they just they just watched this how-to porn. They learned how to fix a doorknob, oh, okay. how to repair a lamp, and yep. how to like fix a frayed light socket. And it was the same test that they took before, and they took the same test after they well. watched this porn video. And he was like, you guys did 70, all of you did like. 70 percent better yeah this yeah. time around because he went he basically said porn is the most watched thing on the internet so if you can figure out how to get on that kind of level like you have to figure out how to get into people's heads yeah the whole i mean <laughs> the trade thing when i look back on that i mean honestly i was no great student when i was younger i, I had to work to become a better student i really wasn't there's was a lot i think personal stuff going on familial stuff that moving around a lot and changing schools a lot i don't think was a really helpful thing for me either there wasn't a lot of continuity i'm convinced certain like grammatic things that i still make mistakes as a 51 year old to this day is a result of me not having that lesson in class because i moved one year to the other i'm convinced you know but but uh but the idea of, I guess, thing with dreams, I feel like sometimes dreams can just turn into delusions. That was one of my early For jokes. For example, moving to Los Angeles at my age and <laughs> thinking you're going to have a script that's going to sell. So Hey, you never know. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, I'm Anyway, I'm in a good headspace with the script. Uh, it's nice. I had a joke early on in my stand-up where I, I in the joke, I was like, uh, you know, whenever I tell my family I want to do stand up, they just look at me like, Keith, we raised you to have dreams, but we didn't say anything about actually following through with them. <laughs> yeah, like I know. You're, you're yeah. supposed to be a manager at Old Navy now, like your sister. Yeah. The- <laughs> good for her, though, man. She's not anymore. She teaches yoga on the internet now. Oh, good for her. Is that, it's even better, you know? So, yeah. Well, we're all making unemployment, dude. I'm getting paid from unemployment. Well, I hope I you're saving a, it. I just bought a $2,000 laptop and I still have money. Good for you, man. I mean, it's I'm telling you, make sure you keep that cash because uh, after July July, uh, July 31st, you're going to see a dramatic cut, cut in that, I think. Oh, I know. That's going to be a be key getting, pivot point in this whole thing, what's going on, I think. I would only be getting for like 800 bucks a week. Every two weeks or something like that. Yeah, so sixteen hundred bucks a month. Because I'm, I'm getting well, I and I finally picked the option to get taxes taken out. So I'm getting a fifth. I'm getting fifteen ninety four every two weeks. Fifteen ninety four. Yeah. That, that, you're making thirty one hundred bucks. That's significantly more money than I made when I was working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
And, and, you know, again, just make sure you save some of that cash, man, because you're going to need it come August, September, September. You know, I mean, it's I was hearing stuff about they're saying the economy won't economy won't fully recover for another decade. I'm like, come on. There's got to be a little but bit I of think recovery. That's I mean, them being in there like. It just of what they think Amer- back for America is yeah. like I, I'm still not convinced that people are destitute from this pandemic i am not convinced that the pandemic ruined the economy i don't know one i maybe a couple but i haven't heard one business that had to shut down from the pandemic and if they did they were probably teetering before the pandemic oh no yeah uh, that's what's happening is a lot of businesses that were on the ropes to begin with this is going to push them over the top but this idea that people are in the streets with fucking silver cups in their hands is fucking preposterous. I don't know one person yeah. that is poor or homeless because of the shutdown. This idea that it's ruined the economy is a fucking lie. Well, it's also, yeah, when they, people say that, it's also, you want to know who it is? I'm, I'm sure the rich, the extremely rich, aren't making They're as much making, money. And, as but they, they, they are because everybody's yeah. ordered like billion. They made uh, the, all the billionaires oh. made like 14 billion, like 48 Four hundred eighty-nine billion dollars, or something like that, yeah. was made during the pandemic. The 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 whole, I mean, all the stimulus stuff that was passed, because that was actually a knock when 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 Obama had his stimulus go through in 09, You know, it was actually probably not enough. It should have been larger. It's because so they the, kind of learned their lesson and said, "Okay, we're going to just turn the spigot on." It's because the hamsters aren't on the wheel. Yeah, they yeah. know that if people get to not work for three months, they're going to realize, like, "Oh my God, I'm not dead." Yeah, exactly. like I've been unemployed for three months and I'm not dead. In fact, I'm doing kind of good. Yeah, with, I'm okay. I'm actually with in a good unemployment. Headspace. Yeah, and I'm I'm relaxed. Like, yeah, I might get another. People are th- there's probably people rethinking their whole fucking careers. Oh, after absolutely. This three months. I'm sure. Absolutely. And that terrifies the fucking people who run the businesses because yeah. they know they're losing grip. I. It's the one kind of conspiracy I'm starting to believe on, like. These billionaires are preparing for the the uprise of like when uh, Tim Dillon, a comic, tells a funny story that he went to a Netflix party and some drunk billionaire walked up to him and goes, hey, honest, how do you think how do you think we, we can get people to be loyal to us after the money system fails? <laughs> like that was a real question yeah, he asked. Them. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the kind of shit they're preparing for. God. Like after the dollar fails, how are we going to be able to control people? Yeah. I, well, I, I don't. I mean, who this stuff is. Is this house party too? Yeah. Queen so Latifah? Is that, is that this Queen whole, Latifah? Is that young Queen Latifah? I don't know. But this whole notion that the economy is, they're trying to put that out there so people freak out like, oh my God, I have to get back to work. The economy's crashing. We're going to lose our house. Like, no, you're not. Every business that failed is going to get the chance to reopen. They're not just going to let someone lose out for, from this. Well, I can tell you, they're going to get they're going to get bailout loans that are going to be at a jacked interest rate, or low, low, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it is. Uh, well, I mean, certainly a lot of companies are. Like I know J. Crew filed for bankruptcy. Neiman Marcus or Needless Markup. As my father used to call it, uh, all these like big, you know, uh, Victoria's Secrets, like all these kind of former, like you know, twenty years ago, you went to a, a mall and you bought the product. They have all been just teetering over the past several years. That their model is just not made for the new economy of buying things on your phone. They they have not adapted, and so a lot of them are actually filing bankruptcies now and going through big restructurings and are going to lose stores. And here we go. Here's a protest and like out here, hmm. everybody was like fucking the pandemic there's a diner that all the comics like called swingers it was on fucking beverly yeah 
and they're all oh, swingers closed because of the pandemic. No swingers closed because it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Their service was terrible. The food was they. It was just a bad diner. Yeah. People liked it because it looked like a 50s diner. Yeah. It was just L.A. kitschy. It was yeah. garbage. Yeah. I tell you what went belly up. Jerry's Grill back in my neighborhood off of Western yeah. Montrose. But again, that went. And also the Diner was, Grill. Yeah. You know, Jerry was Jerry's have been around since 1963. Man. Diner Grill closed and opened during my. I remember I started comedy. Diner Grill closed and then it reopened like in 2018. Oh, because okay. it, it had like that like neighborhood mystique. So it was finally it was almost like vintage. Like, hey, let's start a let's open. I think someone just opened up another Diner Grill. It wasn't like the same one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, you just said that closed. That closed too. Again. Yeah, I think it's actually done for, for good people now. who don't know, the Diner Grill was this shitty diner and there was a famous thing called the Slinger. And they, it was they like they had a triple cheeseburger. That was the Slinger. With, that was, with, it, it had like an omelet on it, but yes. it was basically an omelet cheeseburger. <laughs> your your cholesterol count literally. Oh, isn't that Gina from uh, Martin? Yeah. Gina. Martin. You know, but with uh, yeah, that that thing was literally like you, you know you had like plaque building up in your arteries after you ate one of those sandwiches. Yeah, They're so fucking Tisha good, Campbell. When Martin, this, Lawrence, when did, Martin Lawrence is in this too. That's probably where he met her. Did did this come out in what ninety two? Ninety one. Ninety one, because ninety was the original. If you ever watch House Party and, and you know, they bleep out all the swearing, but they don't bleep out the word faggot. They keep oh, that no. one in there. I know they you know they keep it in there. You know at least they, in earlier versions of this. Oh, dude, I was watching. I was thinking about because they were showing a bunch of Eddie Murphy movies. I watched Trading Places again. Yeah. Watch Coming to America. Trading Places is funny. And I was just thinking about how like, dude, that guy had a track on his album called Faggots. Well, and, 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 then, then, and then his follow up was Faggots Revisited. Revisited. <laughs> that was his opening big. He had more to big. say on the topic. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's. I'm he surprised even, he hasn't been canceled. Well, he apologized for that shit in the 90s. He openly was like, "Yeah, I don't think that way anymore." Yeah, like, I was. Yeah, he was literally 21 years old when those specials were filmed. He, he was a child. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think people realize that. He talks about it on the special on Delirious about how like I'm 19. Yeah, yeah. Delirious was a phenomenon. Yeah, I used to do Delirious bits all the time when I was like 14 years old. I loved Eddie Murphy. He didn't he get on loved SNL him. when he was 17? He was he was 19 on SNL, and then he did Delirious in '93. I think he was probably 22. Yeah, I think he was it born was in '61. Delirious was before any movie. I think it was because actually. Raw is right after 48 hours. Uh, Raw was in, in 87, so yeah. it's a little bit like Golden Child was even out by that yeah. time, I think. So Cuz I remember when Raw came out, they were like, "What do, what do you like most about Eddie?" and all they were naming was movies. I like him in yeah. 48 hours. I like him in this. Yeah, and I like him in Beverly Hills Cop. I even like Best Defense cuz Best Defense was deemed like a shitty movie he did yeah. with Dudley Moore. I also, what the I like about Raw is they try and sell you that it's in Madison Square Garden, but it's the theater attached to Madison Square Garden. Oh. Uh. Hilarious. Because if you watch Raw, she's, she's pretty. Live at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, no, it's not. Well, it's in the it, theater it, that's next to by it. By the way, does Billy Joel still play a weekly concert in uh, in I Madison Square could. Garden? Is he? Is he I, I guess New York is opening up now. It's going to open up. COVID, I, think, yeah. I think next week it's going to open up. A lot of all my friends uh, that lived out here are all taking road trips to Texas and Arkansas because the clubs are opening and they're doing like little shit club gigs. <sighs> They're all opening at like a third capacity. They're letting like twenty people in there. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I still don't. If know. I like, I, if I lived alone, I'd do it. But I can't come back with a disease and get her sick. Yeah, yeah, no, it can't. It can't happen. 
who's 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 that cat? I don't know. Oh yeah, no, that th- that's the uh, trainer in Rocky. That's Apollo Creed's trainer with it was with his kind of hairnet on. That's Apollo Creed's trainer. Oh yeah, and he was also in The Shining. Is that the one that throws in the towel when Creed gets killed by fucking? Yeah, Drago? yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then he becomes the trainer for for Rocky. So fucking. Uh, Carl Weathers is in the new Star Wars show, that Mandalorian show on Disney Plus. Oh, he is. Yeah, he plays like a he plays like the guy who gives the Mandalorian his like his missions. Uh, and he's like he looks like a really old man. He's got like a belly. We were watching like a behind the scenes, and I go Alicia. I was like, that's Apollo Creed's dad, or I go, I go that's fucking Adonis Creed's dad. Yeah, I was like I was like that. I go, would well, you buy that as Michael B. Jordan's dad? <laughs> And she was like, oh, God, no. I was like, that's Apollo Creed. Yeah. And she was like, no, because he does look drastically different. Really? He looks much. Do you think about him in the 80s, 70s, and 80s? He was jacked. He was jacked. In Predator, he was jacked. He, when I was a kid, I thought he was a real boxer. Well, exactly. I thought they got a boxer named Apollo Creed. To- <laughs> Apollo Creed. Man. It's, I love how ro- all the scripts of, of all of the franchise, they always tap into like previous episodes and they, they do a good job of like creating names. Like I watched Rocky Balboa a little bit of it and he fights that guy, Mason Dixon, you know, yes. <laughs> that's a good name. But it's Angus Antonio Tarver. He's, he calls him Mason Dixon. Oh my God. Yeah. This, that old guy, he was in Twilight Zone, the movie. Uh, and then th- that hair, that hair. Was so big. The hair, the pencil top eraser. In the early 90s, it was so huge. You know, it's literally huge. I saw them in concerts, you know, after this was, I saw them before this. I saw Kid and Play before this. You know, he does stand up now. Oh, he does? Yeah. Christopher Reed or whatever. Wow. Uh, That's like he goes up as Christopher Kid Reed. Like that's. He's all heavy now and stuff. No, he's just, he basically just, he kind of looks like a light-skinned older black guy with kids yeah yep. he got big again on those like i love the 80s things yeah he was like a talking head on those i love yep. the 80s bullshit i could have done that man easy if you i'm telling you if you were in new york doing stand-up at the time you probably would have they mined the comic stand-up scene yeah well because they basically well, the, said like they didn't pay anybody to do that that was all them being like hey it's on mtv it's promotion so they would just call in a line of comics feed them topics and, let oh, them, and yeah. just let, let them, them riff. riff yeah and then whatever was good they edited it together to make it seem like that's why it seems like whenever God. people watch those it makes it seem like they're all in a room making fun of stuff together but it's yeah. like that is one comic and one camera guy yeah just sitting here to you and me and, and okay, he's and just like okay talk about yeah Oprah. lava lamps yeah. or whatever yeah 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 exactly from 1987 well that, that was the first i guess the first tv credit pete holmes ever got Mm-hmm. You know, Pete Holmes, God. Paul Shear, Kumail, uh, Doug Benson, uh, a lot. All those comics got big from Best Week Ever. Well, at least got a shot in the arm. I was walking when I left the protest yesterday. I was looking at this big wall mural. I was right next to it, so I couldn't see the faces. There was it was like an HBO thing, HBO Now, and it was like all these different you know performers on HBO. And I go, oh, there's that person. There's that, and then I go to the last face, and it's there's Kumail. It was like right. I mean, there it was a giant head of his. The, the size of my body it was six foot. Some old gun smoke. Gun smoke. Gun smoke was a huge show, boy. I never liked. These my, are things that were instant change the channel shit for me as a kid. My, my uh, great grandmother, Grandma Jenny, Jenny Crocious, Genevieve Crocious, uh, was a big gun smoke fan. Lucas McCain was his name, right? Well, well, isn't James Arness? Oh, here's the movie The Fugitive. This was filmed in Chicago. 
Yeah. This is a Chicago movie, without a doubt. Fucking finger and eggs on that old man sandwich. Jesus Christ. I gotta eat something, man. I'm fucking hungry. I haven't eaten Do you want to take a break? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm okay. I was just doing his inner dialogue. Harris, Harrison Ford's inner dialogue. They, they, they do a lot of this. They film this during... I mean, this... I remember seeing this... In the, I saw this at the Webster Place Theater with my roommate, Bobby J. Lingle. What a roommatey name. Yeah. Old Bobby J. He, he was a good guy. I liked him. He this a, movie, I very much remember. I like... This is... This is like peak childhood for me interesting of like child childhood God, of like and you know how weird how probably how fucked up my life was i felt like i was becoming an adult during this time <laughs> like when i during like the mid 90s 95 when i was like eight or nine in my head i was like oh i'm getting older like <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a little kid thought i think there's like threshold age yeah but i also had to like shield my grandparents from my drunk dad from time to time yeah, so i did age yeah. a little bit yeah yeah. By the time I was a freshman, I had seen every episode of MASH. Like, I was an older soul. <laughs> well, I think about that. You think about it, when you're a kid, there are certain, like, breakthrough ages. For me, eight was an age where I began to actually have, like, more conscious memories, you know? And, like, that that was a big... And, and I'd say 13 was another age for me where I felt certainly older. And then I kind of felt that way until what? What do you? Is that WWE? Yeah, there's a pay per view on. I'm gonna have at the corner of my eye. I'm doing a live stream covering it after. What's what's the event? It's called In Your House. It's a uh, they're redoing back in the. I explained this on the podcast that I did with Kevin Hogan today. So in the 90s, the WWF would only do like six pay per views. It was the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Yeah. And because there just was no need, people weren't clamoring for content. But when wrestling started getting more popular, fans wanted a blow off every month that you needed to like, let's give them a bigger show. So what they decided to do was instead of making a big pay-per-view, we'll do these little shows called In Your House, which will charge $20. They'll be an hour longer than the normal show. And like, yeah. we'll change titles a little bit. We'll just make it a little more special. And then those slowly just caught fire. And then they just eliminated the name. They just were, we're doing a pay-per-view a month. They're not even called in your house anymore. Why? So it's just a pay-per-view. Yeah. But that has like, people look back fondly on the in your house days. Like, like, like that, a, like, like a true wrestling like nerd. That's also like peak childhood for me. Like WWE in your house four. like they just had numbers. And then eventually they would give them titles like in your house, bad blood <laughs> with two D's in bad. B A D D. Yeah. Uh, you know. But then eventually they just took out in your house and like, we'll just call the pay-per-view bad blood and this is backlash. And then, so now they're bringing back in your house and they're doing the nineties logo. Look at that. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that's exactly what it looked like. They're bringing back people that would do backstage interviews for the, they're rehiring people for like nineties employees Wow, to do like, they're making this look like 1995. Like, like, like a retro kind of, yeah. God, it's crazy. So, like, who are the announcers on, like, the? Well, what is the dominant wrestling, like... They're even doing the set. That's what the set looked like. They would have, like, a makeshift house set up, like, as the stage. So, so yeah, who... who uh, I'm fucking casting So, so, so what is it? Wasn't it ECW was one for a while? Yeah, that was like, the hardcore one. Like, you'd actually get a lot of the blood? Oh, yeah. yeah like, would do fucking... Like, forehead cuts and stuff and stapling. Scaffolding matches and shit. Like, like, like what, what the wrestler was with, with Mickey Rourke was kind of like that caliber of wrestling, oh, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like, guys got cut and bled, and, mm -hmm. and it was, yeah. Like, a lot of pain was going on, you know? Yeah. No you know? pain, no gain. So, yeah. what would you say? So, what is the dominant 
uh, what are the names that people have now? Tegan well, Knox. Well, it's like, they don't like. Are they all porn stars or well, something? Well, they're just like real names. They don't like doing. They don't like the fucking Abdullah the Butcher. Like it, they just all have like John Cena, fucking Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. Like they just give them a name. Some of these wrestling women are pretty hot, and it's usually just a spin <laughs> on her, their real name. Like her name probably is like. Her name probably is Tegan something, <laughs> or like uh, Becky Lynch, uh, the their big top female. Oh yeah, her name is Rebecca Quinn in real life. Oh, okay, okay. But like Becky, like it's usually a spin on it. This is uh, <laughs> this is Mia Yim. Her name actually is Mia Yim, I think, because she was like a model. She's Foin. <laughs> she she is a yeah. she's an Asian wrestler, right? This here, uh, I think she's Asian and Puerto Rican. She's definitely mixed race. Um. But this is a six-person, <laughs> a six-woman tag team match. That's hilarious. So these three gals are tagging up. That is Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, and a new wrestler called Raquel Gonzalez. And the, the, then, uh, this was the house. They used to have these fake little houses. Yeah, and that's even a little broken down. They used to have like a front yard with like a grill on the front. Like it was like a totally set up Dakota house. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Now here's Gonzalez, the story. Huh? Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox are feuding because Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox used to be best friends. And then uh, she like turned on her in a cage match. Uh, also, Tegan Knox is a big underdog story because she legit tore both her ACLs her rookie year. Ooh. She came in, tore her ACL in a, like a tournament they had. Oh. And then she came back and tore it, uh, the other one the night she oh. came back. That, that, that's like a receiver Wendell Davis for the Bears in 1993 when they were playing the Eagles on the old vet turf. He blew his knee. He blew one knee, one knee jumping up with that knee and then landing with the other knee. He blew that. So he blew, he blew oh. both of his knees on the same play. That's up there with Grammatica blowing his knee celebrating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Over exuberant. These uniforms Candace are preposterous. LeRae. That's Candice LeRae. She definitely like a name. She's a heel. Uh, she was a name She's on the a Indies. Heel. She's been in the WWE for a while, but they're just now starting to use her. How, how, how is uh, how does how does her heel the mass uh, manifest itself? How does she a heel? Well, she dyed her hair a little bit black. Uh, it's basically just like she wears black lipstick. She doesn't smile as much. They give her like. <laughs> like your music, music it's all badass and shit well, but, but but i mean like what what is her like the heel has to have a good backstory too as you know the heel is what well, makes she's it all the wife of the top heel in the company oh, okay so okay. she has to be bad just the heel through him <laughs> uh but they had to Jacob. work on her for a little bit because she was like a high flyer in the indies and wwe doesn't play that shit they like you to do very sterile like it's basically them telling you like you're going to do this match eight times a week. Yeah. So yeah. don't do anything that you're going to like. Don't spoil anything. Yeah. Just fucking. Yeah. Don't go crazy. Don't overexert yourself. Save it for the pay-per-view. So they a lot of these wrestlers come in and they have to learn to like tone down a little bit. Like you don't have to do nine flips. You don't have yeah. to kick. You don't have to pretend to kick each other in the head all match. Like just do your basic moves. Yeah. 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 But a lot of fans like me think that shit is boring. Yeah, like, and yeah. there's another company called AEW that opened up specifically to counter this. Of and like, do flips and no, stuff we're and... gonna do shit every match. We're yeah. kicking each other in the head. We're fucking Oof. taking ten finishers. We're doing fucking ten finishers. Yeah, it's hilarious. If you watch an AEW match, they kick out of each other's finishers all the time. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good little forearm shiver. Uh, is Paul Bearer still around? Didn't he die? Is what about Jimmy Hart? Is he still? Is he still a? <laughs> 
have a presence? Or, or, or is he a manager? I think of him or he was a manager. you know who else the he also the, sings Hulk Hogan's theme song. Do you remember the Slickster? <laughs> that was oh, so yeah. racist, man. Slick the pimp or whatever the fuck. But he was a, yeah, he was a black guy. That was, was Hakeem's a, manager. Yeah. Remember Hakeem the African Dream, who's a white person. I don't remember that wrestler. So Hakeem the American Dream was the junk was uh no he wasn't junkyard dog he was the one man gang. Oh, it wasn't the JYD. No, and then they changed his gimmick, and they made him a like white Afro American guy named Hakeem the African Dream, <laughs> and Slick Rick the Pimp or whatever was his manager. Yeah, God, well, I'm trying to think. Bad News Brown was a black wrestler back in the yes. day. I remember like when Jesse the Body used to announce, "It's like, oh, he's just a product of his environment. That's all he is." You know, like hide your wallet, gorilla. <laughs> I don't want my daughter dating him. You know what Jimmy the Greek said? <laughs> that that was before the 1987 NFC Championship game when the Vikings lost. Didn't he the basically Redskins. say they're of slave stock? Well, yeah, basically it, it was like and the, the owner would have a big buck have sex with another large woman, and like you know, and just a big buck, you know, and, and like breed. And he's like, and then he was like, oh, but the black athletic talent is beautiful. He tried like saying it was beautiful. You got to have it online somewhere. You got to pop that one. Oh, in. we can pop that. that that's the same era as like Al Campanas being the GM of the Dodgers, you know? Oh, yeah. You that's, know, I remember line. that. Didn't yeah. he say like he be- he said black players are less smart than white well, players, he said, right? We, we, it, it, that was what was sort of implied by what he was saying. He was, he was asked the question on Nightline by Ted Koppel. Like, you know, why aren't there more black managers? Why aren't there more black people in management? And he was like, well, you know, blacks lack the necessities to actually be a man. And, and they were kind of like, mm, okay. And wanna, then they, I remember specific. Didn't they give him a chance to be like, yes. You sure you want to say They went that? to commercial and came back. We're like, yeah. And then he and he fucking buried himself deeper. He didn't say, uh, yeah, I probably came out wrong. I apologize. I didn't mean to offend anyone with that. You know, it, it just came out wrong. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Reporter from WRC TV was asking questions about Martin Luther King's birthday and the progress. Yeah, because that, that was in, in it was in January. There, CBS Sports commentator Jimmy the Greek Snyder gave his impressions of blacks and coaching in the National Football League. His answers could raise as much controversy as the statements by former Dodgers executive Al Campanis last April on ABC's Nightline news program. Yeah, pretty soon they're going to have to equalize it for the blacks. For the Greeks, the Jews, and for everybody. I mean, let's make it equal for everybody. You know. And uh, is it equal? What about in sports? Well, they've got everything. If if they take over coaching like everybody wants them to, there's not going to be anything left for the white people. Ooh. I mean, all the players are black. I mean, yeah. the only thing that the whites control is the coaching jobs. Now, I'm not being derogatory about it, but that's all that's left for yeah. them. So black talent is beautiful. It's great. It's out there. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the only thing left for the whites is a, a couple coaching jobs. Yeah, maybe we need to get more black coaches. <laughs> oh, it's all right with me. Okay, well, I'm sure that they'll take over that pretty soon, too. They'll take over that. That The whole notion of taking over is such a bizarre way of thinking about it. Do you know what it was when I was younger? This is even more sinister. It was they'll try like they're going to try and fuck your daughters. Like, don't don't get into a relationship with a like my that's one thing my I used to get mad at my dad about is he used to like if he would see an interracial couple, he would just be like, oh. 
like it, it like bothered it, him it like bothered it bothered him God. he made it seem like they're like they're stealing our kind <laughs> yeah well i mean it, it, <laughs> yeah you know i i you know whatever I, I had a few black women that i i was you know kicking it with you know back in the day i remember walking down the street and getting a few looks getting a few looks you know well i think in my relatives eyes weirdly and wrongly I think it was a sign of like, oh, that little girl must not be doing well. She must like, yeah, she's a mud shark, or like, yeah, know? or like, or he's she's not there. Like he's doing something to her. Like she's there against her will yeah. or something. Yeah, as opposed to just like, oh no, I just find this person attractive. Yeah, I'm saying them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's you know. Or one time I remember one of my uncles, one of my Mexican uncles, being like, the only reason white girls like black eyes is because black eyes will let a white girl fuck around on them. They don't give a fuck. I, I I don't. <laughs> That's like crazy shit know, that you just know, think about when you can just drink Bush Light and sit on your porch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You come up with that shit. <laughs> Bush Light, what a terrible beer. Oh, man. got Finn Balor and Damian Priest wrestling so, yeah, each other. I I, uh, I did. Uh, this is turning into a wrestling show, right? Well, now. Well, I kind of have to watch this. I can put it on on my computer. It's it's, it's okay, man. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I went to the protest yesterday for uh i was there for an hour you know i, I well was, that's like we were saying off air i can't <clears throat> i'm not a big yeller i'm not a big sign holder like yeah. I, and i don't want to just go there and stand around yeah and not i'm gonna be looking at my phone like i get bored i'm not well exactly and and, and that's what makes you think well how effective is any of this but yeah. i mean I, i've donated time, money and stuff and yeah. I, I i do want to at least check one out a protest yeah. this week and just to even get out like i've just been cooped up for two months yeah. like i want to put some money on my bus card and like take a bus ride yeah i hear you man you know, I, that's why i went out there i parked you know people were handing out like bottles of water and stuff they were probably i don't know maybe the one i was in was probably i don't know two thousand people maybe that's a lot i also you know? don't like being around that much people yeah, I, I kind of looked around just to kind of check, like, God, boy, someone, if some, anyone we know, uh, you know, I didn't actually, you know, I will say only in L.A., though, do the uh, female protesters wear hot yoga pants. That's one thing I noticed, you know, but uh, it, it well, was like Sean White said when I first moved, he was like, he goes, the hottest people in the world move out here. He was like, and then they don't make it. He was yeah, like, yeah. and then they meet each other and they start families. Yeah. He was like, so you got second, third generation hot running around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's right. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, I went out and, it, you know, it was, I mean, you know, of course I agree with a lot of what's being, you know, the the, the concern, the upset, the the rage, you know, it's just, I go back to, and you were saying about you and Elise having a conversation about, you know, you know, the police being disbanded or whatever. You know, I, I think there just needs to be, I said this before. The demands. Put some consistent demands out there. What are the demands? Not just isn't racism wrong. Well, yeah, of course it is. But there's got to be some specific things. And not even well. And in the meantime, I get because I think the argument against it is just like, well, we can't do all this stuff overnight. Well, the one thing you can do overnight is you can make it illegal. You can if a cop kills anybody. Yeah. They get arrested that night. Yeah. <laughs> and go to jail until there's a trial. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if they if tomorrow you woke up and the president made that the president made that a federal law, well, even the people that way, even the yeah. people who hate him would be like, 
yeah, that's a good move. Like, that's something. That'll at least get some protesters off the street. Off the street. Well, the whole, I mean, they have lethal state power. They're allowed to kill people. I mean, you know, they have to, there has to be, I'm sure, a reason and explanation has to be justified. But I told you, a good friend of mine, my writing partner on, this, on the script, he did a lot of police misconduct cases. said they're very difficult cases because they're tight. The union circles wagons. They always have pretty good attorneys. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just hard to prove. Like, and you know, in that, general, cops just don't want to rat on each other. No, that's what, like by tight. that's what I mean yeah. by tight. You know, it, it's, they're not, yeah, they're not going to call each well, other Well, but out. even I think sometimes like to think that like, oh, the bad cops are bribing good cops. Like, no, there's just a weird brotherhood amongst yeah, cops. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, I mean, they have this Even man. if I, there's cops, my stepdad has said there's, and he's, like I said on Facebook, he's a corrupt cop. Went to jail for it. And he has said like- How long does, was he in the joint? Three for? years. He got three years in the Gray Bar Hotel? Mm-hmm. Where did he do? Um, He, uh, so there was this guy who got popped for sex, sexually assaulting an eight-year-old and he got he went to jail for that and then i guess violated his probation (laughs) and he they found out he was at a party i know people that were at that party because i've heard this story multiple times some of my family members were at that party and i guess people knew that the cops were coming for him so they they hit him in a pile of clothes and then when the cops came down they started fucking looking through everything and they noticed the clothes move so they started beating it with their batons and then the guy ran out they arrested him and then they took him to the police station and the receptionist turned the cameras off and they they wailed on him <clears throat> like purposely tried to break his kneecaps and his oh, nose fucking oh. laid him up and then they tried to get everyone in the police station to lie about it and that's what they got in trouble for yeah is they the, that, the cover up that dude sued the cops for violating their civil rights and on the during the court case they played the tape i guess the fucking uh police station was bugged and unbeknownst to my stepdad and everybody they played a tape of them trying to get people to lie oh man so they were just caught right they they were were just done yep yep how long did he serve he went for three years i think he got more than that you know what's funny so check this out and i didn't realize this timing of it my stepdad always told me he went to the super bowl he saw the bears win the super bowl he didn't get tickets but him and his buddies drove down there and like sat in their van and listened to it on the radio yeah yeah and i'm i always was just like oh that's fucking dope dude like that's just a dope like yeah that's kind of a ballsy move to like even if i can't afford to go i'm gonna be there yeah like i always yeah. endeared that story well he got convicted in november of 85 so that means he was about to go to jail oh yeah and illegally cross state lines to go sit in the van like i didn't realize the timing of that of like and then he went he went then he he went to jail in in 86 he went and saw the bears win the super bowl and probably immediately went to prison after that wow wow because i told you i just was laying with alicia and i was like oh that's funny that means he like right after that trial he went to the Super Bowl and she just looked up and she goes he crossed state lines <laughs> well he adjusted she was like that is not legal yeah <laughs> that's I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised man you well I mean the guy you know he was but dirty one cop. thing I will say uh I've always said he's he was a good disciplinary figure in my life he was very strict bed by eight like always yelled at you for dumb bullshit like didn't yeah uh, but even good stuff, like one time, like I was always real shitty to my dad's mom, my grandma, Paisel. We were just, 
and it's because we watched my dad do it. He would get drunk and call her a bitch and oh, a bulldog. God. So we would always just like, def- she would be like, hey, kids, take a bath. And we would just be like, no, like, you can't tell us what the fuck to do. We were a nightmare to her kind of oh. right up until she died. But oh. she always loved us. And I remember one time he heard me yell at her and like. And he got pissed oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah. He like fucking and like waited even a week. And I, I went out in the living room because I had a Batman puzzle. Yeah. And I needed to cut the box open. So I took it out to him so he can cut it open. And while he was cutting it open, he goes, if I ever hear you or find out that you talk to your grandmother that way. And I was just like, oh, Ooh, okay. and you remembered, you remembered, right? Well, Because yeah. in my head, I was just like, I didn't care that he heard it because I was just like, that's not his mom. Like, yeah, yeah. Didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And yeah. Then I remember he really reacted harshly. And I was just like, OK, sorry. Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, I think going to prison really changed him. Like, I think it really did make him a better person. Interesting. Because he did, and he did do decent shit when he was a cop. Like, he's, he's, he saved people's lives. He's given CPR to yeah. people that weren't breathing, black dudes that weren't breathing. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm not saying he was just constantly fucking molly whopping people yeah, all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. And he even called out, he called it the John Wayne syndrome. He was like, some people join the police force and they just fucking, they get that hat on and they start walking like a cowboy. Yep. Yeah. And like, so I think going to, he was one of the people that going to prison. That's my, this is even an advocate for sending people to jail. It was good for him. Like he came out of it, like a, not being allowed to be a cop ever again. So he ended up driving trucks because truck truck companies will hire hire fucking felons to do anything. Exactly. Uh, and he, aside from being really strict, he never was awful. Like, I mean, he was racist. Like he would always say shit that I would be like, dude, like, yeah. But again, I was just like, well, whatever. You're just my stepdad. Like, I'm gr- I'm already grown up. Like, you can't fuck yeah. me up. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. No, I, I but, had a great uncle who was a prison guard at Leavenworth Federal, Leavenworth Federal Prison in Kansas. So he was no fan of, uh, of the man of color. Mm-hmm. And like in the 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, I mean, he's dead now. But it's like, I mean, you know. He like, just, here's the kind of guy. This is always a story that rings in my head. One time. Uh, we were just me and my sister had friends over and we were just in the living room playing video games, talking. And my sister's friend, like my stepdad made NASCAR models. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, he loved it. He had a whole room dedicated to NASCAR shit. Uh, Daryl Waltrip. <clears throat> yeah. I remember when Davey Allison and Mike died. He drove the Ho- the Hooters car. I remember all that shit. Wow. Uh, but he came home from work. And all of a sudden he just goes, wait. And he kind of like he had that kind of presence where like when he spoke up, you were you were to be quiet. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He's a cop. You know? uh, and he just goes, who touched my shit? And we were just like, what? And he even my mom was kind of just like, what the fuck are you freaking out about? Yeah. Like he was mad that my sister's friend moved one of his models. Jesus. Like borderline where like she almost wasn't going to be allowed over at the house yeah, anymore. Yeah. Like that, that, he really freaked out like about it. He got it. really pissed. Yeah. Like and that was the kind of strict he was where it was just like don't touch my shit. Don't. He didn't like us. I remember here's one thing my friends even be like dude when we were younger we would like there were I would watch football with him and X-Files and he wouldn't let us sit on the couch with him and my mom. He would go this is the adult couch and we had to sit on the love seat yeah it's a little he would throw that word around a lot this is an adult movie this is the adult couch this is adult time this is adults we're adults 
your kids. This is for adults. Yeah. I remember yeah. always being really fucking annoyed by that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what was funny because they were doing it thinking they were bettering me. And I would just be like, you know, my dad lets me do whatever the fuck I want, <laughs> which is why this is so annoying right now. <laughs> Let me watch Jurassic Park, you cock. Like I've seen porn. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle Jeff Goldblum and dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> God, that movie was huge. Man. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about that. If I had anyone like that, it was it was that sort of. Well, my mom would have. My mom wasn't strict with like think. I mean, she was very strict in that th- the house was run a very particular way. She had a we had a list of like Monday here were your chores, Tuesday here were your chores. It was up on the fridge. Yeah, and the first thing she would do when she would come back from work is get the list out and make sure you had done it. You know, we had to cook a meal. Once during the, my brother and I did it once a week. Yeah, that was one of the things we we had to do when I was like nine or ten years old. My brother was fourteen or fifteen, he, and then he you know? was like the kind of like he always pretended like we were. It was the fifties, and we were like we weren't rich, but like I don't think we were like he. My stepdad and my mom were like the reason I wasn't poor. I thought. Yeah, yeah. And he would always like one night he made my mom was working and he made us dinner. And he made these potatoes, but they were gross. Like they just, they might have yeah. been sweet, but I just didn't like them. Yeah. And he was like, he wouldn't let me not eat them. Oh, I know. I know. And he no. would just be like, I was like, I don't like them. I was like, there's something wrong. He would just be like, ain't nothing wrong with these taters. I remember he, speci- I remember it in my head. He goes, ain't nothing wrong with these taters. And he ate them. And I just remember he made me sit there and he was like, you're not leaving the table until you eat them. And that I was, was just a- like, Jesus Christ. I-, I couldn't, I didn't like beets when I was younger. I love potatoes. I just didn't like those. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's hilarious. But I remember my father. It was like this. They, I think they grew up like again post depression era. Like if you had food on your plate, you ate all of your food because you didn't quite know if you're gonna get another meal. Well, I was telling days, her that you know? I was saying that my family were big like no second helpings, like don't leave any food, no wasting. Yeah, and like I was like, well, what if you were in a restaurant and you like didn't finish your food? Or like, or like if we threw a fit while we were out, yeah. we didn't eat. Like my mom, even my mom who was cool would like, if you embarrassed her, she's just like, all right, well, you're fucking cut off. Like, yeah, if you're going to throw a fit, you're not going to eat. And I asked her, I go, well, what if you threw a fit at a restaurant? She would be like, they would just get our food to go and we would eat it at home. I yeah. would just be like, were you ever punished? Like what? <laughs> like she, like she looked at me like my parents were torturing me for like not letting me eat because I was misbehaving. And I was like, no, that's what happens. Yeah, you're yeah. a little bitch in public. You don't yeah. get to eat. By the way, I always respected that about you. When you when you talk about when you say when you're working at the restaurant before COVID hit, there was some like kid who was just like freaking out, and the parents were doing absolutely nothing. He was nothing. putting food in his mouth and then spitting it onto the floor. That is not allowed. That is not allowed. And they just were letting him do it. Ugh. That would be grounds for a slap to the head in public. Oh yeah, if I was younger. Yeah, of yeah. like knock that shit off. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I had a friend. He's a good friend of mine for many years, and we had a falling out. Uh, and he and his wife they had a daughter, and we went to eat breakfast one morning at like a Perkins. You know, gonna get to, love Perkins. You know, just get get a breakfast. That's a Wisconsin thing, right there. Absolutely, man. Perkins. This that's kid. like Denny's for people that don't know. Exactly. You know, uh, or in the South, Sambo's was a restaurant actually called oh, Sambo's. Is I it still eating around? It, no, I don't think it is. I remember eating at one in the late 70s in Manassas, Virginia, where my brother went to Stonewall Jackson High School. So I uh, <laughs> I went to Stonewall Jackson Middle School. 
So it, it was. Uh, That's another thing they're taking down all those Confederate monuments now. What 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 do you mean the white race is under attack? If there's one well, thing we can all like hang I was our hat on, her, white people are under attack. Well, like I was telling her though, there are even some black people that want them up because they say it sanitizes the past to take them down. That like we need these up to show what the fuck we did. Oh, yeah, man. Whatever. I I know that this kid. My story. This kid they had, she was probably two, three years old, maybe at the time. She's pretty young. And she was running around the restaurant and like screaming and running, physically running around the restaurant, going up on the perimeter of, of like the booths and walking on, you know, kind of, you can fall over yeah. you know, as a kid. And they both just sat there and read the paper. And I remember being, I was saying to myself, are they going to say anything to this kid? And they didn't do dick. And it was like really disruptive. And I was just like, I, 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 they, they like lost a notch in my eyes when that happened. I was like, cause their kid was kind of annoying, frankly. Well, and part of me feels like to give them the benefit of the doubt, I think, I just think a lot of punishing goes on behind closed doors. I think the issue yeah. now is like, I don't want to embarrass him, but like, eh. uh, no, no, like if, if you're my, misbehaving in public, you should be publicly embarrassed. Yeah. I'm not going to name names, but I was talking to a cousin of mine because I have a cousin who's a fairly older kid and his parents still ask him if he has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like we're talking 12. Yeah. And they'll yeah. be like, hey, do you have to go to the bathroom? And Yeah. And yeah. It's just like, what are you doing? And I remember my yeah. other cousin goes, why do you do that? And they go, well, what if he shits himself? My cousin goes, then he'll never do it again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, just let him do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll do it once and then he'll realize, I yeah. never want to have this happen because it's a terrible experience. So, so I think there's this thing that like, I think to kids' detriment, sometimes we spare them embarrassment. Yeah. A little bit of embarrassment. I remember yeah. in high school. God, no, my kids uh, was all shame. In high school, we were playing, uh, you know, dodgeball. Everybody knows yeah. dodgeball. Yeah. There was this one we would play where you'd play dodgeball, but then there would be a cone in the middle of the gym. So you'd have to eliminate everybody's team and then you'd have to throw a ball at the cone and, and that hit was, the cone. And that's how you won. And like I it remember was the final moment. Yeah. I fucking won the game. I fucking it was one of those ones where I was the only one for a while and I was like deflecting balls with my <laughs> ball and I won the game. Like I eliminated like eight people, like eight against one. And then I got the cone and I was celebrating. And while I was celebrating, someone pants me and they got gym sweats and boxers like my whoa, ass and dick was out with my thing in the air. Whoa. I was so embarrassed. But like. Within 30 seconds, I just collected myself and was just like, you got to laugh about this. Like, yeah, this, yeah. Your friend did that. Like, this is not bullying. Yeah. This is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. thought it was funny. Just fucking go with it. And I just remember immediately laughing about it. And, and it diffused it. I made f more friends like people from other gym classes ended up talking like it m endeared me to people of like, oh, he was cool with that. Like, interesting. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to get past that momentary like, oh, my God, that was horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm naked <laughs> in front of a bunch of freaking 14 you know year olds. One of my friends, Sydney, uh, that happened to her on accident. We were crab walking for an exercise and she fucking her, her heel caught her gym pant and her ass fell out. I didn't see it, but a lot of people did because everybody was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And she was not ugly like she was a Boy. she was a desired person yeah and i remember she came up to me and i was just like what the fuck is that she was like what you didn't just see my ass and i was just like no like yeah. i remember being pissed that i missed it <laughs> like she was like you didn't just see my ass and i was like no <laughs>
Yeah, I remember my. Uh, yeah, that was a big thing in my family. But I was impressed. With, like I, was, I brought that because I was impressed with how she took it. Like she was just like, "Oh, you didn't see my ass was just hanging out." Yeah. Okay. Like, and I was like, "That's how you take it." Like she could have ran in there and developed. She could have ran away and eventually developed an eating, eating disorder. disorder over that over yeah, that event. But she was just like, "No, my ass was out." Whatever. Okay, own it. That's yeah. good. That's good. That yeah. That there's a certain uh, ego strength in that. But yeah, my family. I remember two different times happening. I remember it upset me a lot. I didn't like it. P- pantsing me like that one time like this is my 27 year old uncle and i'm 13 at a softball game i was just hanging out next to a bunch of his friends they didn't know who i was and all of a sudden he just comes up from behind me and pulls down my underwear and my Ooh. pants and, and i'm 13 years old how old is he 27 oh that's like rape I, and i was just i remember being like this is like i was yeah. very and i, I remember, just think it'd be funny if you're like and then he stuck his tongue in my butt <laughs> and then he performed analingus. It was bizarre. No, but but, but it, right there in public. No, but 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 it was. Uh, it, it, what happened was um, another time that happened to me. His, another uncle of mine, his older brother, did that to me when I was like seven or eight, and I remember being very upset about that, like in front of people, in front of the family, yeah. and crying over it, crying oh. over it. You know, those cries are bad. Also, know that if I'm looking, I'm totally listening to you. Well, I just have to keep good. my eye on this. I, uh, it, it's, Those it's blubber r- cries, dude. Yeah, I remember that though that pants moment. Also, I was impressed with the timing because both my hands were in the air, like yeah, celebrating. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was just a perfect storm. Yeah. Also, I don't think he meant to get my boxers. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to do my because I he did it with two like he executed it perfectly. Like he grabbed my sweats and tried to pull them, but he got like my boxer leg. In addition, <laughs> yep. So like, cause I remember when he did it, he was like, oh my God. Like afterwards he was like, dude, I didn't mean to do it like that. Oh, okay. Well, like, so he was cool about it. Yeah. But I think since I was cool with it, he was just like, oh, it's like, he probably thought like, oh my God, he's going to beat the shit out of me. Yeah. To, yeah, exactly. Oh man. Yeah. God, those embarrassing moments. You know? I've had great gym moments though. Like one time in sixth grade, we were playing floor hockey and they put me in goal and I was a fucking wall, dude. Like they, and, they couldn't get it past you. Oh dude. And I remember my gym teacher said. He goes, I, after the game, he goes, I just want everybody to gather around. He goes, I just want everybody to know and acknowledge that you guys won this game because of Keith. Like that. He was like, that was so impressive. What I just saw. <laughs> like, cause it's, you should have been a goalie. It's just a bunch of kids. Life. Well, cause they put up soccer nets. Like the thing yeah. you defend is massive. It's yeah. not like regulation hockey. Yep. It's just like a little kid with a stick in front of a massive net. And yep. I was like poke checking and getting my shoulder in because kids were pusses like yeah yeah exactly. so i was ready i was putting my body on the line <laughs> good for you and i remember be that was like a big moment of him being like that was impressive like every one of you needs to thank keith for that win i was great at floor hockey i was eventually not allowed to pick teams because i would immediately identify people's strengths Ooh, just, good, yeah. i would uh, put together annihilation squad yeah Dude, we would blow like, teams out we would drop people it was like unfair he was and then he goes you can't pick teams anymore that's hilarious i'm thinking of athletic triumphs that i've had and i've had so few of them that i can recall them one of them i remember was i played babe ruth one year i was 15 years old played the outfield i was in left field and uh, and it was an extra inning game, and the bases were loaded, three, three two count, and the best player for their team was up a guy who played Division One baseball later in his life, and he hit a ball in the gap. I was playing left, so it, it hit the left center, 
and it was closer to me than the center fielder. I had, I had to I had to track it down, and I got on the warning track. I got to the warning track, and I, and I made a nice running catch across my body, and we won the game. And that was like I mean, we sealed the win. And I, and I remember being like, that was like a real like, oh my god, we I felt so good afterwards, dude. You know? I have a that was something similar like that happened where. I was on a team where it was a league where everybody made the playoffs. Yeah. Like you played the season and then the playoffs was a round. A per- Did you millennials no. have a little participation? The season. Well, give me a little medallion because I participated. No, Ooh. the season, the playoffs was a round robin tournament. Okay. So you could lose one lose time. What, exactly. Uh, and we lost. And then I remember we played the Marlins. I was on the Orioles. Okay. And we played the Marlins. And they were like, this was the game we were like, well, we're going to fucking lose. Like, we could have yeah. won the first game. Like, this one is not going to happen. Yeah, because they were good. Yeah. And uh, we won. And we had to have a sub outfielder because, like, someone on our team couldn't make it. Yeah. So we got this little fuck from the Rockies. The Rockies were garbage. Yeah. So we were just not confident. Game, we're up one run. Last inning, bottom of the seventh for Little League. Exactly. Uh, and this fucking kid jacks a ball. Same shot into the gap. And little Tyler offered this fucking little shit, runs his little underdeveloped fucking premature ass yeah. across and gets this ball in the cone of his he's snow, He snow coned it. snow coned it. <laughs> and we lost our fucking minds, You're like, dude. yes. <laughs> we beat the fucking Marlins. And then we lost the next week and it was crushing. Yeah. It was yeah. crushing oh. because that was so that lifted us up so high, dude. We were like, we're the Cinderella story, dude. We're wearing the fucking slipper. <laughs> we're gonna win this fucking championship. We can't lose now. Oh, dude! I, and then we got fucking trounced the next week, and yeah. it was so. I remember I was fine with it, and then my mom took me to Dairy Queen, and I broke down crying at Dairy Queen. Really, it all hit me at Dairy Queen. Like, fuck, we lost. Yeah, I'll never forget later that season in Babe Ruth. It was the opposite. It was an extra inning game, bottom of the tenth, I think it was for ba- Babe Ruth, I think. And and I was up. I was a later substitute. It was my, it was my first at bat, and I was up. And I worked a three-two count, you know. And you know, and I was tense. God, I used to white knuckle that bat. God, I yeah. I was I was getting sawdust. I was gripping that bat, you know, <laughs> just we're playing that like track, you know, yeah, and, and like. Troy Gula and Crocious is rat tail vibrating <laughs> with fucking <laughs> just emotion. anxiety. I'm gonna get a hit, and it's bases loaded, three two count, and Troy Gulo was pitching, which is again another high school name. Every time you say a high school name, sounds like a high school name. And the second he threw the pitch, he jumped in the air because he knew he threw a terrible pitch. The pitch was above my head, and I freaking swang at it and struck out. Oh. And, and I, I tried, I tomahawked it, and I literally stood, I, I was pounding on home plate, like, no. I mean, like, did it three times. Like, no. I, like when Peyton ran for 275. I mean, I was literally, I wasn't crying. I was not crying. Boy, I had a lump in my throat. 15 year old crow had a lump Dude, in his throat. Dude, you want to know when I cried and felt like a bitch? So. When I played for the Orioles, I was in fourth yeah. grade, and I always wanted to pitch, dude. Like my dad, I would pitch to my dad in the yard, yep. and I was good. Yeah. But I had that confidence of like, oh, I'm good at pitching. But then like I never really pitched against yeah. a batter. Yeah. So my team, I was, in Little League, if you want to pitch, they'll let you pitch. Like yeah. it's not They can't not let you pitch. Yeah. So when I asked to pitch, they were like, okay. And I was supposed to pitch this one game. Yeah. And our main coach didn't fucking show up and the assistant manager coached the game and he let his son pitch. And I was 
upset. Snot bubble crying. Really, really, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like where you can't talk. Yeah, yeah. Like where my mom wanted was like, what's wrong? And I almost couldn't express it. Express it because yeah. I was so heartbroken. Dude. Yeah. I'm laughing so hard thinking about how upset I was. Oh, yeah. I was so fucking upset. And he fucking sucked dick, dude. They yanked him in the second. Oh, they should have put you in. Oh, I was too. I was defiantly pissed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember I remember playing basketball, my, my first year of organized basketball when I was in the fifth grade, and we had a pretty good team. We had pretty good coaches. We had pl- set plays we'd do, and uh, we were uh, – it was a 10-game season with two playoff games. We got to the championship game. We were 7-3, and three, and the best team was 9-1. and one. We were the only team that beat them. Uh, and they had a, it was a last second shot by Burt Sullivan made it. And we, we won like 31 to 29, <laughs> We love- you know, and then we played that same team in the championship game. Kevin Huber was their best player and he was great. Nice. And we ended up losing that game 31, 27. And, and it was, was a kind of a close game, you is know, this baseball. No, 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 no. This was, this is basketball. This is this was, yeah. First organized year of basketball. And I remember I got, I just, we lost the game and I was just like, it was one of the, like, your, your lip is quivering. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was just like, and the coach, because we had actually, it was a, it was a husband wife who coached the team. And the, the, the mother was, was, oh, Adam, and gave me a big hug. Because it was just like, I was really upset because I thought we were going to win the game. That, that that was the day before, that was the day before the uh, the um, uh, uh, Ram Steeler Super Bowl. Oh, shit. It, it was right at that time, I believe. Dude, the, the lip quiver is almost, I remember that happened to me while I was watching a movie. Like, I didn't expect to. Sometimes you watch a movie and you know, like, oh, I'm about to cry, dude. Yeah. Like, this is, this is making me upset. Yep. But I remember, oh, this is what it was. So I, for years, I love the movie E.T. Yes. And I used to watch it every day as a kid, but I would cry at the end, but I didn't care because I was just like, I fucking love this movie. I got to watch it every day. Yep. But then I learned how to not cry. Exactly. I like hardened myself to it, and exactly. I was able to watch ET cryless for well over a decade. And then from about fifth grade until my twenties, I didn't see ET. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't watch it exactly. And then they re-released it for the twenty-fifth anniversary in theaters, and I went with my mom and my sister. Yeah, and right when to the point, right, it got to the scene where he's laying all all pale. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna be good. And the second he popped up on that screen. My lip quivered. Really, really, and I was just like, "What the fuck is happening?" And I had to like, yeah, like this is like three years ago, <laughs> four years ago, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it was tw- the twenty-five years after nineteen eighty-two. So, it, it, like two thousand five or two thousand seven. Like. Yeah, yeah. And I remember for the rest of the movie, which you got about forty minutes left in that movie. Yes. For the rest of the movie, I just had my hand over my mouth and like constant stream tear crying to where like my, my mom leaned over and she goes are you okay and i was like <laughs> like i couldn't catch my breath i was down dude I, I, you know it, and it now just, i'm back on it i have i've never rehardened myself if we turn it on right now i'll you'd cry. start crying start crying good for you yeah I, I, i'm trying yeah no i cry again peyton's 275 game I cried in uh, 1980 when the Vikings actually came back and beat the Browns on a Hail Mary pass to Ahmad Rashad when they were losing 23 to – they were getting beat the entire game and they came back and scored four touchdowns in the fourth quarter or three. 
and won. And it was just like, I mean, I was just like, you're going to lose and you're not going to make the playoffs. You can't get, you hate when you're going to make it. And I was like, oh, st-. and then when they won, I just, my, my brother was all pissed off. Why are you crying? <laughs> well, yeah, because, because they're <laughs> fucking losing. That's the re- I'm 11 year, I'm an 11 year old boy. Okay. That's what you do when your team loses. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 I didn't. I tell you what, when they lost the 98 game, to be honest with you, that game was so upsetting for me to watch and so difficult to oh, watch that, had that, to be. That, that I actually didn't watch the end. I I, I quit watching the overtime. I said, well, they're going to lose. Oh, you didn't see the I, missed I, kick. I, I, that probably no, 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 I, I missed. I, I saw the missed kick and I literally was like, I, I was watching you. at the Lions Den, at the Lions Den. Famous and, and spot no, for comics. Yeah, no, no one was actually there. And I, I literally just, the second he missed the kick, I literally got and I, well, this is the thing I'm notorious for to this day. I just stormed out of the bar. It's like, I'm not going to watch this. Why would I put myself through the torture of watching this awful fucking game? You know? Yeah. I, you know what? I'm lucky. And this is kind of why my sports pain happened. It seems in pathetic times because the Cubs were never good when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I kind of remember in 93 when they won the div or whatever, the when they lost to the Giants. In the yeah. NLCS. Yeah. They, 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 they had a, a one game playoff series, didn't they? Or something like that? Or? No. The, the the year the Giants played the A's in the World Series, the Earthquakes. Oh, the 89 series. 89. The, the Cubs played. Yeah. The, the Giants. Giants. Yeah. Yeah. And lost four games to one. I kind of remember that. Wow. Like, you're like two and a half. Like. Or yeah. Faintly, like I remember pins. I remember having pins that said 89 Eastern Division champions. Yep. yep. But aside from that, from 89 to 98, the Cubs were garbage. Yeah, they were pretty bad. Uh, so by the when they got good, those playoff losses meant something because I wasn't yep. used to it. Yep. Like I was so happy that they were in it. Oh, that 98 was kind of the year where that. That one game playoff against the Giants in 98 was my World Series. Yeah. I was yeah. so happy when they won that. Also, yeah. the Braves were a fucking machine. Absolutely. They, they were, were they not one of the gonna, best teams in baseball. The Atlanta Braves were not going to lose to the Cubs in 98 no, in that NLDS not. or whatever. In, in, yeah. I mean, 03, uh, obviously. 03, I knew they were going to beat the Braves. And then uh, I forget who the Marlins beat. I think they beat the Giants. They beat the San Francisco yes, Giants. Yes. Because I remember There's when they play at the plate. I remember when the fucking Marlins got matched up. I was like, Oh, we're in. Like I remember yeah. when the Marlins beat the beat the Giants. Yep. I was like, dude, this is the best possible because yep. the Cubs were like seven and two against the Marlins yep. that season. Yeah, just unstoppable. And I was just like, dude, this is it. Like this is it. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it. I tell you what, a playoff series, baseball playoff series loss, I find them to be very emotionally draining games. Uh, when 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 the when the A's lost in eighty eight and ninety. Those were t- those were because I was just, and they got swept. Well, in and 90. here's even like, the roller. Fuck, did they lose the Reds? I mean, they're the defending World Series champion. Here was even the roller coaster for me is so they the Cubs lose Game Six to the Marlins after Bartman. They're up three two or something like that, three one. Yeah, but they give up eight runs after Bartman fumbles that ball. They lose yeah. that game eight to three. But a lot of people don't realize that was game six. Yeah, there was game seven left. And Sosa I hit a went, home run in the bottom of the first. I went into game seven fairly confident. Not only did Sosa hit a home run, but in the fifth, Kerry Wood hit a home run yes. to put the Cubs back up. The pitcher hit oh. a home run when Kerry He's a good Wood, athlete. When man. Kerry Wood hit that home run, I was like, oh, we got this. Like, Bar- fuck Steve Bartman, dude. Yeah. And then when Kerry Wood choked. And well, well, yeah, how did they lose that again? What, what, what was the key just, play? He, they left him in too late, and he fucking. Oh, I tell you, Dusty Baker always he, he ruined up, Mark Pryor's career, and he gave up runs. And, yeah, because the next day, tired? the uh, the sports section of the Chicago Sun Times had a big picture of Kerry Wood 
with his head down walking off the mound and it had a big quote as the headline and it just said i choked because that was wood's quote in the locker room yeah yeah well, and, that, and i was just like that's when i went in and my grandpa goes i'm never gonna see it like yeah. that's i'm gonna i'm going to die before uh, the cubs win the world series oh god how sad and well i mean I, i'm at that way with the Vikings, and then here's you, know you want to know what my moment was in 2008 when they won 97 games and then got swept by the fucking Manny Ramirez Dodgers. Yes. That w- I called up my friend and I go, it's never going to fucking happen. Yep. If they couldn't win a World Series after they dominated this fucking season. That was when like, Pinella was the manager, right? They got handled yeah, by yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah, I don't think they were even ahead in that no. series. I mean, they got. Their to- pitching completely fell apart. Yep. And yep. I was just like, it's never going to. That was my it's never going to happen moment. Well, I mean. <sighs> The 09 loss to the Vikings in the NFC Championship game and then the 98 Championship game, uh, those were tough pills. The 09 one was a tough one to handle. 09 was tough. I was, oh, because that was, they should have won yeah, that game. Yeah. And what, what bothers me about those two losses versus, say, when they lost in 2041 nothing, or even when they lost to the Eagles a couple years ago. They lost no to the th- Giants 41 Yeah, yeah exactly. And they, if they would have gone to the Super Bowl, they would have lost the Ravens 100 to nothing. They would have been destroyed. <laughs> Because I mean, the Ravens just destroyed them. So I, you know, I wasn't really. But they had a genuine chance of winning. And if they would have won an 09 with Favre as the quarterback, to be able to lord that over every Green Bay Packer fan for the rest of my life, oh, it would have been so fucking satisfying. Someone made an interesting, so fucking satisfying. Oh, it would have been great. Someone made an interesting point because the Bears played the Eagles in the playoffs in two thousand. Uh, one 2001 and they also was that played, 2001 yeah 2001 when they were 13 and 3 yeah and lost right before they redid uh, Soldier Field was that the year after the Ravens won the Super Bowl yes because they always talk about how that defense was built very similarly to the Ravens like, oh you mean the Bears defense yeah the Bears like, had a good defense Brian Urlacher and then I, they had Briggs like Bar- they had Briggs too no, no I didn't yet. have Briggs yet. they had they Barry didn't. Minter yeah and then they had fucking uh, I think F- Jim Flanagan might, but they had Ted Washington and Keith Trailer in their. They, so they copied it. Tackles. They copied their formula almost to a T because the Ravens had Saragusa. They had two yep. fat motherfuckers as their defensive tackles. Yep. You had a fast linebacking core. They had Ed Reed. The Bears had fucking uh, Brown. Uh, they have Troy, uh, Troy Brown. What was his name again? Uh, Mike Brown. Mike Brown. But yep. also uh, R.W. McCorders. Yes. Uh, they also had another pretty sick safety that's like an early 2000s name but like dude if they get past the eagles in that division round the bears got a shot well the, 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 they would have had to play because the eagles ended up losing to the rams they would have gone the road the to the greatest Ram- show on yeah turf. and that's when the rams were were very much at their height that was the first uh brady super bowl win you know i remember that well you know Johnny Gargano squaring up fucking Keith Lee here. Big Keith Lee. See, that kick to the face would put someone in the hospital. Keith yeah, Lee's no about shit. to kick out. I know. Oop. Ouch. <laughs> he went into the wrestling. That, what just happened right now on this wrestling pay-per-view, that drives classic wrestling fans, like, livid. That would make someone who likes 80s wrestling livid. Like, how are you going to kick someone in the head like that? And they're going to kick out. Like, <laughs> it, not even they're saying it's real, but like. You kicked him again. You're supposed to be selling that this is a real fight. And. 
in no real situation would you be able to kick someone in the head twice and have them like get back up. I know. Like <laughs> even if you're doing this, like that should be your finisher. Like a Ooh. kick to the head, that should be how you win the match. Like yeah. he's probably going to do it three or four more times. Well, he already did. When you yeah. were looking at me, he did it one more. And I mean, like kicked. It. He was just sitting there and he just but went. Look, like, people love heel. it, dude. They love that shit. <laughs> but in but they had the social distancing. No, on. well, what they're doing is those are other wrestlers. Oh, okay, it's like one row of wrestlers that are yelling and banging. So yeah, I'd say those were very disappointing sports memories. I uh, ninety when, when the A's lost. I'll never forget this when they lost game two. That was a very disappointing because they lost game one six to nothing. Dave oh. Stewart they lost six nothing. I was like, okay, but game two, Canseco had a three run homer in the top of the third. They're up four to two going into like going into the uh, eighth inning. Speaking of Jose Canseco, real quick, he said if everybody in America donates one dollar, we can kickstart his presidency. So there we go. Just put it out there. Jose wants to run. He's hilarious. CJ Sullivan and Sean Flanner, when they did the visitors locker room, had a line. They're amazed at what Jose Canseco will do to not get a legitimate job. Like the things he will actually do to not actually he, work. One time I remember was auctioning off the opportunity to come to his house and hang out with him. Yeah. Just like, yeah, yeah. That was like how he made money. You come chill with me. It's hilarious. And I, he's definitely sold every piece of World Series thing he's ever gotten. Rings, you know, medals. He made, you know, well, I know he had a divorce, but uh, he was the highest paid, paid player in baseball. At one point, he made $4 million bucks a year, like in the early 90s. That was major money back then, you know? And, and yeah. so he must have just blown it, man. Big uh, Keith Lee fucking going over. Dude, Vince McMahon is out of his mind if any black wrestler loses on this pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. You're right. But uh, but with uh, uh, in 90, game two, then they, they brought in Eckersley in the bottom of the night. Dennis Eck, Eckersley. Who, former Cub. Whose ERA was .61 that year. Whose Class- whip was .73. And like classic Cubs, we got rid of him when he was still about to be his best ever well yeah because relief pitchers weren't a fucking thing yet dennis eckersley was a starter for exactly the and he was trash well you know it was amazing because you know he, he had a 20 win season in 78 the, the problem is is that what was good about what happened with him was he sobered up he was a big old drunk with yeah. the cubs like we, there, there's famous stories when they when they flew to san diego when they're up two on the two oh in the 84 series I guess the team just got totally shit faced on the flight. They're like, "We're gonna fucking win this. We got this for sure." You the know, Leon Durham. Fuck yeah, the, up. yeah, the Leon Durham, and then and then the the uh, uh, Ryan Sandberg, which no one talks about. Cub fans had given him a pass. He also had a, a play in that same inning that the, that the uh, Padres scored runs in to, to basically win Game Five when it was a five game series, where it was a ball that basically that Gwynn hit that just buzzed his head. Now it was very bright. It was in San Diego. It was this bright sun. And he got in front of the ball, and it just and he totally went. So you could see him completely crumple because the ball and all this topspin, and it went super hard and went right towards his head. Yeah, he went out of the way in that. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about that. They talk about Durham going through the wickets. Also, I think make in spirit no- of the protest, I think we know the reason why. Ah, so, also make no mistake about it, the Cubs would have gotten hollowed the fuck out by but, the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers were a. <laughs> they were one of the best teams in baseball history. That team was. Didn't amazing. they start the season like thirty-seven and two? They or were thirty-five like- and five. Holy they were thirty-five and five. Their first quarter of the season, first forty games, they were thirty-five and five. Is that Ric Flair coming back? And no, it's just a, a homage to him. Yeah, they're doing like a documentary about him. Even he, they're not going to top thirty for thirty, where he talked about how he fucking hey had they told he said he had sex every day or something like that. He basically had a doctor on the thirty for thirty debunk how many times he's had sex. <laughs> well, also his drinking. 
He said he used to drink. I mean, it was like, I mean, the guy drank like a case of beer a day and like a bottle of whiskey. It's he lived like, the gimmick. That had to, that has to be something you would love. So that was his retirement match, quote unquote, at WrestleMania. He did one more run after this, but so he wrestles Shawn Michaels. This is like 2007. Yeah, and this is kayfabe. They kind of broke kayfabe for the match. So they're about to do the finish. Shawn Michaels' move is the sweet sweet chin music, which is yeah. one of those kicks that they just yeah, used. That yeah. was like his finisher. <laughs> so he's about to do it. He calls it, call it tuning up the band. He fucking pounds his foot four times yep. to tune it up. You know, the crowd's let him know fired it's coming. Up. Yep. And then before he kicks him, he looks at Ric Flair and goes, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he fucking kicks him and pins him. And that's like his, then they hug after and they have a big ceremony, but it's the gayest thing you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> I love you. Well, then you say, who's the gay wrestler again? Who's it? Pixie dust? Is there Gold something? dust. Gold dust. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Ric Flair's daughter about to wrestle on this pay-per-view. Her face has been Mount Rushmore so hard with plastic surgery. She's got that Joker grin now. Yeah, in yeah, her exactly. Yep. She's exactly. got definitely gotten a boob job. Because no I remember that. when she got her first boob job, her tit popped on a turnbuckle bomb. Ooh. And she had to get it replaced. Ugh. God, ouch. Yeah. Got like the silicone goes into your vinyl. That's good for your body. I think they make them now to where it's not poison. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one's good. So this guy, the Velveteen Dream, is like their new up and coming guy, and he is uh black and possibly gay so i think also velveteen dream stipulation for this match, he is wrestling adam cole who is the nxt champion uh he's a part of this heel faction called the undisputed era he's been the champion since june of 2019 so a year yeah uh velveteen dream is about to wrestle him and he, the stipulation is if velveteen dream loses he can never challenge for the title again until adam cole loses okay. so as long as adam cole is champion He'll he'll never be he'll able. never be able to do it. He's got those white man uh white man cornrows. Even dissecting the real life aspects of it, because I was thinking about who's going to win this match. It would make sense to put it on Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Because look at the times. Yeah. You'd want to yeah. put the belt on it. Yeah. But Velveteen Dream is twenty two years old. He's yeah. a young kid, and yep. they don't put they don't usually run with the young guy. Yeah. Yeah. They want the experienced wrestler. Adam Cole He's got a following has been the champion for a year and even and even <laughs> is this velveteen, that's velveteen with this, dream put this, this pearl and even though he's a heel people love adam cole he puts on great matches it's kind of good to have a heel because then yeah you have ev like it's good to have your top guy have a target on his back because it just brings out the best and everybody trying yep. to go for that yep, title exactly and adam cole doesn't want to leave nxt he doesn't want to like get called up to like the main roster or yeah. whatever it is uh so it's just like if they take it off Adam Cole, they have to move him up because it would bury him if you don't. Yeah. And Velveteen Dream is kind of too young for them to put the title on him at this point. So I think he's going to lose. Well, and they're going to and then the, and then once Cole gets the belt off of him, they'll build this pop. So Cole will fucking win this match. He'll do another six months as champion. Yeah. And then he'll finally lose the belt. And then whoever fucking wins that title, the second he lifts that belt, Velveteen Dream's music will hit. Yep. And that pop that'll happen from the crowd will fucking unglue the seats, dude. And that's what you're going for in pro wrestling. So even though it would be the fair and just thing to put it on Velveteen Dream, probably not going to happen. My question for you to wrap this show up. Yeah. We talked about sports crime. Have you ever cried over wrestling? No. 
good. Okay, no. good. You, you at least have, you have foot in reality. No. Okay, good. Even, I remember even as a young kid watching Ric Flair promos and laughing because I would be like, dude, he's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> like, that guy is turning red. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I think that. I think he was a hardcore alcoholic. You know what, though? I take that back. When Daniel Bryan retired and he made his retirement speech, I cried. Because he <laughs> was like, it like Lou Gehrig, you know. Well, he broke kayfabe. He wasn't like in character. He literally had to retire from concussions. Like, yeah, his doctor called him one day and was like, yeah, "You got CTE. You, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, done." Yeah, yeah. Side note: He wrestled with them. Yeah, of uh, course. He was out for like four years, and then he got a doctor that took clear him. Uh, but I cried for that because he talked about his wife and shit, and he started crying. I'm kind of a puss. Like, if someone, like, I'm a puss for speeches and shit hey, like man. that. You know, it's, it's it's a key moment. Yeah. But anyway, right, but here people, we go. Good show. How, how long? Do we, how long do we do today? Like an hour and a half. That's good. It's yeah. a good solid show. Yeah. It's fun times. All right. We'll see you guys next week. song we are street eaters and this is wfmu and this next song is called take what i don't need it's off of our new record the envoy and it's about the idea of rejecting this capitalistic society that we live in that tells us that we have to put a monetary value on things and relationships people we care about and how that's wrong you don't have to do that <laughs> <laughs>